Welcome to the Be Perfectly Healthy podcast, an integrative health podcast by Center for New Medicine. We created the Be Perfectly Healthy podcast as an extension of our mission to educate and empower individuals along their health journey. This integrative health podcast will bring you in-depth expert interviews on a plethora of health topics. Tune in bi-weekly for interviews on how to create a non-toxic lifestyle, integrative approaches to treating complex health concerns like diabetes, Lyme's, Hashimoto's, Crohn's, adrenal fatigue, mental, emotional, and spiritual health, cancer prevention, early cancer detection, integrative cancer treatments, and so much more. Through the Be Perfectly Healthy podcast, we hope to provide cutting-edge, science-based information you can use to create a happier and healthier life for you and your loved ones. everyone to the Be Perfectly Healthy podcast. I'm your host, Leanne Lindsay, and today's interview is with our naturopathic doctor, Dr. Mana Sembi, and we are discussing a very hot topic, the area of sleep. And I'm so excited to bring this interview to you all because as many of us may know, after reading many, many articles, seeing the headlines, the advice around getting better sleep can feel very repetitive. Sometimes it feels like there's really only three or four things that we're hearing from the experts of how we can improve our sleep. And so in this interview with Dr. Sembi, she really breaks down just how multifaceted this is and how improving our quality of sleep is such an individualized thing. There are many things that each of us can do that will help many of us but at the end of the day it could be a very very personalized issue that Dr. Sembi recommends finding a great practitioner to partner up with you in your journey of discovering what is really hindering my sleep and she also really hones in on why sleep is so important how it doesn't just affect energy it affects our immune system our heart health our hormone production our mood Depression is a huge symptom of poor sleep. So, you know, just as there's many reasons why you can be getting poor sleep, there's also many, many areas of health that poor sleep can affect. So I think this is going to be just such a beautiful, in-depth interview, hopefully bringing a lot of you new and fresh information on this topic. So with that, please enjoy this interview with Dr. Mana Sembi. Well, Dr. Sembi, welcome back to the Be Perfectly Healthy podcast. Thank you. Thank you for inviting me back. And I'm so excited today because we are talking about a very, very relevant, prevalent topic, which is sleep. And this is, as you have already mentioned, it can be a very vast topic. So we're going to try and refine the information a little bit to give the listener sort of a foundation with yes. which to start on and we might have to build on this in future episodes yeah but today we're gonna really be starting with the essence of what are some of the main factors mm-hmm. that can really be impacting our sleep mm-hmm. 
Um, yes, you're right. Um, sleep is a very, very, very important and a very big topic. Um, and in other ways, it's a small and simple topic. Like, you know, if, if you don't have sleep issues, if you sleep long and well every night, you're done. No problems, right? But a lot of people today we find that um, are either not sleeping long enough or the quality of their sleep is such that when they wake up in the morning, they do not feel well rested. So even if you're spending plenty of time in bed, um, you are not spending enough time in deep sleep, deep restorative sleep so that you wake up and you still feel like you could be in bed for a few more hours. So it is a really big topic. Um, so I'm, I'm, I'm happy to get into it. Um, I just want to say at the outset that a good quality sleep is important for uh, pretty much every system in the body mm -hmm. you know um, it's important for um, our cardiovascular health it's important for um, metabolic health it's important if you are um, overweight have difficulty losing weight if you have low testosterone if you have difficulty in getting pregnant um, all these things are impacted if your sleep is uh, of poor quality mm -hmm. yeah. the immune system yeah so many things i'm mm -hmm. so glad you mentioned that because i think many people mm -hmm. really just associate sleep with energy mm -hmm. you know i'm not sleeping good therefore i have poor energy and that's mm -hmm. sort of as far as most people know mm -hmm. to take it mm -hmm. but really from especially from an integrative health perspective mm -hmm. you look at this and say oh my gosh if my patient isn't sleeping well i know that there are a multitude of issues yeah. that this can be causing. It's very true. In fact, even one poor night of sleep increases your inflammation markers the next day. Okay, your attention is poor, You your response time is higher, your reflexes are slower. Um, it has a global impact on everything. Mm. So, and even in just one night of sleep, we can see that. Um, so it's really important. And it's interesting that we see that almost more than two-thirds of our patients complain of poor sleep. Um, and a lot of them have chronic illnesses, whether it's autoimmune illnesses or um, some kind of uh, viral uh, reactivation or even cancer. So um, a lot of these things, uh, we can trace it down to a very big factor being the lack of good sleep. Mm. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And that's significant. Two-thirds is significant. Two-thirds of our of patients, two-thirds of people that have health issues um, have poor sleep. Wow. So you can imagine what a big difference we would be able to make if we could just improve um, good quality sleep. But you know, it's very true that sleep and stress are so correlated. If you have high stress, you know, through the day you're busy doing various things so you don't realize or you kind of put it at the back of your mind. When you lay down to sleep, now suddenly all those things come to the fore and you can't fall asleep. So it's really, really critical that we um, look at the level of stress, the kinds of stress that patients have, um, and help them uh, figure out what would be a good way to mitigate the stress such that they are able to uh, let that go when it's time to sleep and just fall into that um, deep restorative sleep. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, well, and let's dive into that now. I'm so glad that you pointed out initially mm -hmm. all the different areas poor mm -hmm. sleep can affect. Mm -hmm. But I think also on the flip side, many people don't necessarily realize that there are also many factors that can be affecting poor mm -hmm. sleep. Mm -hmm. So can we dive into some of those? Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Yes. So um, we said stress is definitely one. If your stress is high, depending on different kinds of stress, one can be just physical stress. You are working um, 
long hours you and you're you're just run down so that's one of physical stress then there is emotional stress you know your child is sick your spouse is sick somebody else you're worrying about somebody um then you're worrying about your own health you know you're worrying about um i don't know financial concerns you're worrying about the world in the times of covid uh you are concerned about what you're going to you know um about how things are going at <clears throat> at work um so all these things can lead to um you know just just worrying and not being able to sleep and a lot of patients talk about they cannot stop their thoughts from just running when they um when they when they're trying to fall asleep and i find that for patients like that when thoughts um are very incessant uh, one of the good things that we can use is homeopathy mm. that can be really really helpful based on what kind of um symptoms they are presenting just before they go to bed um but other things that can uh, lead to uh, okay so one thing that i didn't mention is if your stress is high then your cortisol levels are high and cortisol is kind of like the um kind of like the opposite of melatonin which is a sleep um hormone mm-hmm. so cortisol is your stress hormone and melatonin is your sleep kind hormone of the if, yes so if if your cortisol is high and it's chronically high and especially if it is um high in the evening it may be hard to fall asleep you know other things can lead to poor sleep quality is um if uh, you're not getting enough protein in your diet if you oh, don't get enough protein okay. then that can definitely have a knock on effect on your sleep um what happens with that is if you're getting enough protein either in the morning you know let's say 50 to 70 grams of protein or if you're divvying it up um through the day breakfast lunch and dinner <clears throat> you have a steady supply of neurotransmitters through the day If you have a steady supply of neurotransmitters then your dopamine is most more likely to be balanced. Then you are um kind of midway on the spectrum between ADHD and depression. You know, you're not um too slowed down, you're not too revved up. It's kind of right in the middle where you want it to be for um best quality attention and being able to focus um and go through the day. And so if you're taking proper amounts of protein, then your tyrosine levels are right and then your L-dopa is right and then your dopamine levels are right and so that increases your focus and reduces your cravings and that leads to better sleep if you're not eating well otherwise also if you're doing um high carbs uh, overall like processed foods and things um that will also have an impact uh, impact on your dopamine levels so depending on what kind of um genetic pathways you have some are um slow and some are fast and we can look into this with genetic testing that we do here at our center and we can see which pathways are ha- uh, fast versus slow and what kind of impact that is having on your sleep and then we can supplement accordingly to see okay you have a fast COMT you will benefit by so and so um supplements or you have a slow COMT, empty pathway and you will need something else. So one of the things that I see is a lot of people think like okay they have sleep issues just give them melatonin and everything will be fine. Totally. And we find that in many cases it doesn't work because we really haven't looked at what is the reason for poor quality sleep. Exactly. I love that. I'm so glad you said that. Mhm. Um and some of the other reasons why you might um have difficulty sleeping or have poor sleep quality is if you have diabetes or if you have uh blood sugar issues if your um blood sugar is varying at night um it'll cause you to wake up so you might fall asleep okay but you might um you might not be able to stay asleep so it's really like good sleep is um 
is inversely proportional to stress. Like if your stress is high, your sleep is poor. It is directly proportional to the health of a mitochondria. So if you're eating the right thing, if your mitochondria is healthy, if you have good energy during the day, um, then you're likely to have better sleep. If you're, and the things that can um, make it difficult to sleep at night is somebody's in the habit of daytime napping. You know, if you're really exhausted and you're sleeping through the night and you feel that you have to sleep during the day, that's okay. Your body just needs more sleep. But if you're having trouble sleeping at night and you're napping during the day, that can be counterproductive. And that has been shown in some of the studies that it actually increases a couple of uh, inflama uh, inflammation markers. If you daytime, oh. if you nap during the day, which is very interesting, these inflammation markers um, they are significant for cardiovascular disease. So that's very interesting to kind of see. Okay, you know, sleep is very precious, and we want to make sure we're doing enough of it at the right time. And if you're getting uh, good sleep at night, but we are still um, tired, then it's okay to take a nap. You know, as long as it's not having a knock-on impact on your sleep at night. Mm. But if you sleep otherwise during the day, it can um, have a negative impact on your overall health and that, night sleep. Yeah, that's so interesting. So, do you know historically, did we not used to take naps? We didn't, and you know, this is something that has changed a lot, uh, as I'm sure you know. Um, you know, before the invention of light, we just lived by natural daylight and when the sun is gone you know you might light um i don't know a fire or have some sort of a lamp going for a bit um but you know with sundown all the activities came to a close and it was time to retire for the day and there was a seasonality um in terms of summer and winter so in summer we have longer days so we might do more activities outside um and because our lives were such that uh, it was all about manual labor, everybody had to work, uh, you know, everybody had a role to play. So in the summer, we did more outside, and in the winters, we did less. But sun goes down, and pretty shortly, uh, we are off to bed, which was actually a very good regulator of melatonin. You yes. know, so what happens now is because um, there are so many distractions, uh, you know, not only do we have the electricity, so we keep our lights on all hours of the night, we have blue light uh, emitting devices, um, which has a really negative impact on melatonin and people don't realize uh, you might they might take melatonin, but their screen is still up and they're waiting to fall asleep. But what happens is the brain, the pineal gland, which is what produces the melatonin, um, there is a structure in the brain called the suprachiasmatic nucleus. As long as that nucleus is receiving blue light, it will not produce melatonin naturally. You know, that's how we've evolved. If there is blue light, that means it's still day. Mm -hmm. So don't produce melatonin. Um, only when we shut the lights and put our screens away does then the brain know, okay, you know, lights are dim, uh, things are slowing down, now we should produce melatonin. And that's when you would naturally fall asleep. So if people could just adjust their rhythms back into the normal circadian rhythm, normal, you know, waking and sleeping hours based on um, uh, the length of the day and um, regular um, monitor their activity level, it would make a big difference. Um, so yeah, so everything was so so different and yeah. we've changed our schedules and activities a lot in the last few decades. Mm -hmm. it, the blue light is such an important point and I it's big it's become a bit of a hot topic but 
more in the sense of it, it really has become demonized. But what we know is actually during the day, blue light plays a very important role, which yeah. is it stimulates mm -hmm. certain hormones to get us going, get yeah. us up, help mm -hmm. us be focused and mm -hmm. energized. But exactly as you said, at night, it will continue to do all those things, yep. preventing the proper hormones that will allow us to sleep deeply. I have a very rigorous <laughs> sleep atmosphere that I create. I know, especially in the winter, you know, when the sun sets around 4.30, 5 o'clock, it can be hard because most of us aren't going to go to bed at that time. But I actually have red light, completely non-blue light, red light bulbs okay. in my home mm -hmm. that I turn on at night okay. as soon as the sun sets so that I'm not getting any blue light. You know, I change the screen on my phone to be red. I have red blue light blocking glasses. Like my roommate probably thinks I'm insane. But I notice a tremendous difference when I don't do this mm -hmm. versus when I do do it. And mm -hmm. I sleep so deeply. So excellent. it sounds a little and intricate. when did you do that? So I've probably been doing that for about two years now. Okay. And what made you do that? You know, I, I love learning. Mm -hmm. And so I really, I have, you know, my own mm -hmm. website and blog mm -hmm. and podcast and holistic lifestyle. And so... I started learning about this myself and just implemented it mm -hmm. and saw what a profound difference it made. And so it, it just started with the red blue light blocking glasses. Mm -hmm. And then it evolved, you know, step by step because you can't always implement everything you want to and need to at mm -hmm. the same time. Mm -hmm. So over the course of a couple months, I, I implemented these things more mm -hmm. and more and just the, the impact on my sleep it had was profound. That's uh, very good. And the reason I asked you is because anybody who's listening to this, um, it's a testimonial from you to how important it is to to change the environment, to change the timing, to take the time to fix this, mm -hmm. you know, to take the time to fix this very important part of our lives. And the fact that within a month or two, you saw a big difference. Absolutely. So that's what I tell patients that, you know, uh, when they come to see us here, sometimes the advice that we give them, it seems overwhelming because there's a lot to do. There's a lot to do because there's a lot that needs to be um, changed and fixed and upgraded. But not all, not everything has to be done at the same time. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, you should work with your doctor. Um, everybody should work with their doctor to prioritize. Uh, the order in which they should implement some of the things, you know, whether it's supplements, whether it's lifestyle changes, whether it's changing everything around sleep, you know, and you can do step by step, like step one, just do this for mm -hmm. the next week or two weeks. Then step two, add this next layer component and then step three. And that would be very practical and also easy to do. You know, mm -hmm. so um, and I tell that to patients with supplements too. sometimes p patients are taking a lot, a lot, a lot of supplements. And, and I tell people, OK, there is a level one supplement, which is most important. OK, and level two is slightly less important. I still want you to take it, but just build on things mm -hmm. that makes it much easier. Mm -hmm. So so it's really good to hear from your experience of what you did and that it helped you. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And it's mm -hmm. one of those things. It's so funny because you start sleeping so good you almost forgot what it yes. felt like to sleep bad that's very true and then you know i'll travel or i'll go stay with a friend and be totally out of my rhythm maybe yes. up late watching tv with them without yeah. glasses on mm -hmm. and i sleep awful and i'm like mm -hmm. oh my gosh i can't believe this is how it used to be every single night mm -hmm. yeah absolutely so any other really impactful factors mm -hmm. that can be disrupting our sleep We've yes got so we talked about the blue light already but what i want to mention is that um 75 percent of teenagers are sleeping with their phones 
Oh, wow. 75% of teenagers' parents in may or may not beds. know this. Yes, in their beds. <laughs> so it's right next to them. So that's really bad. It's affecting their sleep quality, and they don't even know. You know, um, people can have musculoskeletal issues. Somebody may have fibromyalgia, other kinds of pain. They may have structural issues. Um, sleep apnea could lead to problems. Um, deficiency of some um, vitamins and minerals can cause these problems. Like if you have low B6, low magnesium, that can um, create issues with sleep. If somebody's on drugs like benzodiazepines, that a lot of people are. Um, so what those drugs do is they don't make you sleep better, but they just knock you out for longer. So, so (laughs) people are so, so, um, the number of prescriptions written for benzos is so high and people think that, okay, they're able to sleep taking this medicine, but what they don't realize is that it's actually really, um, hurting them it doesn't let you get into the deeper stages of sleep and if you can't get into the deeper stages of sleep then your brain cannot regenerate and when the brain doesn't regenerate all the proteins that have been um, synthesized during the day the brain does a very important thing at night which is a like a cleanup process if that is not and that is only done in deep sleep Mm. so if you don't get deep sleep the tau proteins in your brain, the amyloid plaque that is building up that leads to dementia and Alzheimer's and other things, it's not being cleared up. So now these medicines that are being prescribed, people are using them to sleep because they don't know better, Mm -hmm. but they are hurting them from getting into deep sleep and then it's having other issues you know, that people don't realize. Mm -hmm. Um, Then sometimes there can be a problem with just uh, neurotransmitter um, metabolism. So if your uh, metabolism of serotonin, let's say, isn't correct, there may be a problem with sleep. So that's something that we could check with a urine test for neurotransmitters to see if you have a problem like that. Sometimes you may have food sensitivities that haven't been discovered that you don't know about, and that keeps you from sleeping at night. Um, then there is um, shift work. A lot of oh, people, yeah. you know, up to um, 20 to 25% of the population does shift work. And that is like really, really difficult for them to get sleep because their circadian rhythm is just disrupted. So if you work with a sleep specialist, they can actually help you come up with a schedule based on your calendar, like what days you work late and what days you work okay, by telling you, okay, if you sleep this many hours on so-and-so day during this and this time, this is the best for you. So there are ways to do that. There are extensive sleep interviews and there are questionnaires and there are sleep evaluation tools that we can use to kind of see, okay, if you have shift work and these are your hours, what is the best um, kind of sleep schedule for you? You know, so um, another thing we should talk about is something called social jet lag, which is when people are out socializing, which is not happening right now. But they're, you know, out uh, late at night um, and they do that only on the weekends, let's say, because during the week nobody has time. But that creates enough of a problem. Uh, You don't have the same schedule on the weekends. You have a different one. So it's like a induced jet lag. Even oh, though it wow. isn't, so we call that a social jet lag. I've never it's heard of It's really important to stick to the same, same schedule uh, during the week and the weekends. The body really, really appreciates and thanks you for it. So maybe you can plan your social activities during the day mm-hmm. and get exercise and maybe go for a hike or something that'll um, have so many other benefits and help you sleep better too. Um, EMFs, I'm sure you know about. 
those will keep you from sleeping well. And that can be magnetic, that can be electric, um, depend, that can be your Wi-Fi router, where you have it um, in the house. Um, of course, your cell phones, fluorescent lighting, so many things that can keep you from getting a good sleep. Um, if your vitamin D levels are low, you won't get good sleep. If you have um, problems like metabolic um, syndrome or diabetes, it'll be hard to get good sleep. So it's like, it's a very, very wide range of things that can impact your yeah. sleep. Yeah. And you know, it's, it's so interesting because I think so many of us have seen countless headlines and articles and whatever on sleep. And it's sort of the same repetitive things, you know, get off your phone two hours before bed. Uh, maybe it's take melatonin. There's not a lot of diversity in the recommendations, but I think what you're saying can actually be so empowering because it's saying, hey, if those five options aren't cutting it for you, there are actually so many resources and so many different avenues we can go down. But mm -hmm. it's it's the same message we give with every podcast, regardless of the topic, which is you need to become your own detective and hopefully find a practitioner who's mm -hmm. willing to be a detective with you mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. really see what are the root causes for you with this particular issue. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So um, s there are people that have true sleep issues, you know, um, some different kinds of insomnia, and there is a whole field of study for sleep health, you know, um, and you can spend hours and hours uh, doing this like deep dives. But um, one of the things that's really helpful, if you have removed the um, obstructions to good sleep, like, you know, the light issue and going to bed at the same time and you're trying to reduce your stress. Um, one of the therapies that's really helpful is called CBTI, which is Cognitive Behavioral Therapy for Insomnia. Mm -hmm. So that's actually a real field. And if you find somebody who's a really good practitioner of CBTI, it might really help you. Uh, not only do they work with schedule, but they also help with deeply held uh, views about sleep itself or the self or you know how you feel regenerated and all that stuff so it's really um important to look into what is the underlying cause that you don't have good sleep mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah and there are there just there are many many resources many out resources, there and it's yeah. it has to be a priority yes absolutely it has to be a priority yeah so now one of the questions i do have is i hear sometimes friends will say, you know, I'll start going on a rant about sleep and why blue light, this and mm -hmm. that. And I'll have friends who say, you know, well, I watch TV or I'm on my phone until I go to bed and I sleep fine. Mm -hmm. But I know because of other conversations, they have 10 symptoms that mm -hmm. sort of tell me mm -hmm. they probably aren't sleeping mm -hmm. fine. But is that the case that mm -hmm. someone can feel like they're sleeping okay when really they actually aren't getting that deep restorative sleep? Yeah, absolutely. One of the first things that will tell you is how do you feel in the morning? Do you feel like getting up and getting out of bed and do you feel ready for the day or not? That's one of the biggest um, indicators of what quality sleep you're getting. Uh, if you feel you are ready to tackle the day, you have um, good energy, that's great. Um, sometimes when you're young, uh, you know, it may take time for these symptoms to have a cumulative effect on mm. you. Um, it might be having an impact on certain things in your life, uh, in your body, but you don't know it yet. Um, you don't know if um, your telomeres are getting shorter, like, you know, uh, 
unless you're having a, a check, you know, like a, yeah. uh, an actual lab test for that. So you won't know that. Um, you won't know if uh, your brain isn't getting um, cleared of tau protein at night because when you're young, uh, you know, you may become used to a lesser level of focus and attention thinking that's the norm. Mm-hmm. But um, your days of good focus and attention may be so far in your distant history that you think this is normal. Yeah. Or you might think that the fatigue is coming from something else. Mm-hmm. And you might think that, oh, I'm just so stressed from my job or my school or my whatever else. Uh, and you're not attributing it to sleep. Mm-hmm. So unknowingly, unwittingly, you may be getting really poor quality sleep um, but you don't know. The other thing is you can use tools like the, um, the Aura Ring and other tools which monitor the quality of your sleep and they tell you how much deep sleep you're getting every night. Mm-hmm. And you'd be surprised uh, once you see that, that wait, I'm getting none, <laughs> you know, or so little. Yeah. So what do I need to do? Sometimes these tools can act as literally like um, wake up calls yeah. for us to change our habits. Yeah. And disclaimer here, yeah. that does not mean use the sleep apps on your phone where you have to put your phone by your head. That's correct. That is unless, counterintuitive. <laughs> unless you're going to put the phone on airplane mode. Okay. If you do that, then I still don't recommend that the phone should be right next to your head. Put it somewhere else. Um, uh, but, you know, these sleep apps, I, I wonder about how accurate they mm-hmm. are because mm-hmm. it's on your phone. Um, and it's so, really unless, yeah, uh, yeah, exactly. So, unless you have some sort of a wearable device which is actually monitoring your heart rate. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, so many things happen uh, differently when you go to, uh, when you're asleep, you know, your blood pressure is lower, your breathing is different. Um, So a wearable is really a good way to mm-hmm. monitor your sleep and that'll tell you what are the different stages of sleep that you're in how much time you spend in each and and that's the way to really know okay yeah and same thing here because i know for example apple watches mm-hmm. have actually quite a few mm-hmm. um tracking mm-hmm. systems mm-hmm. but would you recommend you know if you're going to use that put it on airplane mode as well Put on airplane mode okay. yeah put and on turn airplane the wi-fi mode. off so uh, yes just, yeah exactly so it can just track your uh, symptoms um and yeah that would be okay that yeah. would be okay to do. Yeah. yeah, and I'm sure the listeners know by now because anytime Dr. Keneally comes on or if they follow her on Instagram, she talks all the time about how she has the off switch yeah. next to her bed that actually turns switch, yeah. everything off in exactly. her home. Yeah. So mm-hmm. they're getting <laughs> our audience is getting accustomed to this message. Excellent. <laughs> so this might potentially be overwhelming to the listeners. It is a lot of information, but I'm so excited because I think we really did touch on some things that... Mm-hmm don't come up very Mm -hmm. often Mm -hmm. in the conversation of sleep. But if we're going to be talking to, well, first, let's start with what are some of the really clear signs and symptoms that you as a practitioner would be able to know? Okay, you're telling me you're getting good sleep, but, you know, these five, ten things Mm -hmm. are telling me you're actually not. Mm -hmm. We know energy is a big one. Mm -hmm. Waking up, not feeling rested is a big one. But what are some of the other sort of telltale signs? Mm -hmm. Uh, Depression is one. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, anxiety is one. Um, the level of stress is another. Uh, poor eating, carb craving, inability to lose weight. Um, and then other things like um, diabetes, um, sleep apnea, um, 
and and a whole host of other things but 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 all of these will tell me that i don't think you're getting good sleep um and people people just might not be conscious of that so so that's when we'll dig into a little bit more mm-hmm. of uh the quality of sleep mm-hmm. like but um how they wake up in the morning how they feel is definitely a big one um and then i would also suspect based on the other conditions that they have like any pain syndrome like cancer patients it's hard for them to get good sleep because the pain is um excruciating sometimes mm. you know how would they sleep at night if if they move a certain way and there is um shooting pain down from the shoulder down into their hand and then they wake up or something else is happening so um in because we know historically statistically that over 2/3 of patients do not get good sleep it's a safe bet mm-hmm, you yeah. know if somebody is um getting good sleep generally they're in good health and they come to us for like um sort of superficial problems mm-hmm. you know if somebody has serious issues serious chronic illness sleep is generally a part of it okay. yeah okay mm-hmm. now where do we even start mm-hmm. <laughs> you have a patient come in mm-hmm. they're n- clearly not getting great sleep mm-hmm. you know there's so many things we can do to start improving our sleep but as we've already said it can be really hard and just unrealistic mm-hmm. to implement 10 things at once. Mm-hmm. So if you, you know, if you had to sort of make a hierarchy of mm-hmm. where can we, you know, what's the the top mm-hmm. or most impactful place to begin going down? Mm-hmm. What would that be? The first thing I would say is start to eat right. You okay. know, if somebody is low on energy, um and they aren't getting good sleep, I know that happens with me when I haven't gotten good sleep a couple nights in a row, I'm reaching for the carbs. I'm reaching for the sugary stuff, even if it is um uh you know, a sugar substitute and a healthy sugar substitute, but I'm 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 looking for that um like kick boost exactly. Of so I know whenever that is happening that my sleep isn't good. Mm. So and I'm probably I probably have some sort of stress, I'm not getting good sleep, I'm tired and I need these pick-me-ups to keep me going through the day. So the first thing is if you're low on energy and if um fix your food okay so i would start with the protein intake monitor your protein intake many times people simply aren't getting enough protein and as we talked about earlier if you're getting 50 to 70 grams of protein depending on your body weight you know of course it can be different for somebody who has a large body habitus versus somebody who is small um but that's kind of like a um safe range 50 mm-hmm. to 70 grams so you want to make sure you're getting good quality protein um through the day and th- what that does is uh of course it keeps your blood sugar stable so that your energy is constant uh is produced at a constant rate and also um your your neurotransmitters are more balanced so if you're doing that and then and then see where are the stressors are you overwhelmed is there a lot on your plate mm-hmm. that is i think um the case for most people today we are overstretched overburdened underslept overfed <laughs> uh you know overfed with the wrong stuff yeah. so um so it's really important to first eat right nourish yourself the right way then take a few things off your plate mm-hmm. okay, does ev- yeah can I quickly ask cuz yes. i think the the listeners might ask this too so you did say good quality protein mm-hmm. can you just real quickly what would be considered bad quality and mm-hmm. what are you what are you thinking of yeah. when you say good quality when i say good quality protein i do not mean it has to come from meat or animal products um i mean whatever your source is make it organic 
make it uh, well sourced, uh, make it responsible. Um, so that's what I mean. It can be a vegetarian source. It can be a vegan source um, or it can be an animal product, mm -hmm. which whatever your preference is. Just make sure that you're getting good quality protein for that amount. Okay, okay. thank you. Yeah, sure. <laughs> um, okay. So take some things off your plate. Take some things off your plate. Oh, uh, in addition to protein, make sure you're hydrating enough. Okay. okay. Then a uh, third thing I would say is take some things off your plate. If you are doing, let's say, 10 things regularly, you know, you're working, you're taking care of kids, you're commuting, you're, there's so many things everybody's doing every day. Take two or three things off your plate. You know, if there are, um, if there's an organizing project that you need to do, let's say you need to organize your closet and you haven't done that in a long time, put that off. It is not urgent, you know. Or you were planning to make a phone call to somebody who is, that doesn't have to be made postpone it you know look out for yourself take care of yourself first a lot of people and especially women um, they feel that they have to overextend themselves to other people you know taking care of others whether it's their children or spouse or parents or siblings or friends or at work or something take things off mm. your plate you know really just nourish and nurture yourself Mm -hmm. You know, uh, of course, if you're a mother and you have young children, you have to do what you have to do. But if there are other grown-ups and adults in your life, give them some responsibility. Don't do it all by yourself. So reduce the number of things you have to do. Make time for yourself. Make time for yourself. And um, don't be afraid of having nothing to do. <laughs> I love that you say that. <laughs> We are so addicted to doing, so addicted to doing, we never take the time to just sit back and do nothing and just look at the sky or just hear the birds or just sit back and I'm just sitting and doing nothing. You know, we never do that. So I would really, really advise people to, to do that. Make time in your day, reduce the number of things you're doing, sit back, relax, make time. Don't be rushing from one thing to the other. Um, journal, you know, journal. Sometimes things are bothering us that we simply don't know. And if you journal, you bring things from your subconscious into your conscious mind, and then you say, oh, I didn't realize this is what was bothering me. And once you put it down on paper, then maybe you can uh, rank them. In, in, in the order in which they are bothering you and pick the number one thing that's bothering you, the number one, and see, is it a real concern? Many times we, we live on autopilot. Mm. We haven't really considered what we need to spend our energy on and what is not worth our time. So, so rank the things that bother you, look at the first one and see, do you really need to be concerned about it? Are there things on that list that you can just release and let go? They are out of your control. Let it go. Make it easy on yourself. Um, and then um, lean on other people. Lean on your family. Ask for help. Um, so this is just a short list of things that I would do. But the biggest thing is to give yourself grace. Give yourself time. Be patient with yourself. And, and treat yourself well. Mm -hmm. And it sounds like find a partner in health find a practitioner who 
understands how important sleep quality is they're not just going to shrug it off they're not just going to toss you some melatonin pills and send you on your way yeah it's really critical to find the right practitioner really really critical because um, this practitioner not only do you have to have uh, a good chemistry with them you really have to see like what kind of advice am I getting and is it something that is directly helpful to me Um, and then not only the practitioner you also want to find who amongst your friends is good for you to talk to who gives you the right kind of emotional support which is also really important one of the things that we are doing these days and you may know about this we started an emotional support group here a few weeks ago and we do that once a week and that is really fulfilling and I think patients have to see is that um, when they are satisfied when patients are satisfied with the care that they get their practitioners are happier so you know it's a two-way street (laughs) exactly everybody benefits yeah so so get make your emotional support team you know whether it's your parents or spouse or friends or whatever talk to them that that you want to start prioritizing yourself and and taking care of yourself and 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 for them to help you on that journey Mm, yeah I'm so glad that you brought that up Mm -hmm. so now we did touch on this a little bit already because I wanted to definitely ask you about melatonin Mm -hmm. because it is sort of just when you think of sleep it's almost the first thing that comes into your mind is oh just take some melatonin and you did mention for some people it does work well for others it doesn't so can you touch on that a little bit? And then if you were going to recommend something to support that sleep during a particular time in life, what would that be? Yeah. Um, so melatonin, I think people know, they understand that melatonin is produced by the brain itself, you know, in, in really small, minute micro quantities every night. Um, and it is produced only when there is no more blue light. Uh, in the environment, right? If there is blue light, the brain will not produce it simply because it's not getting the signal that it should produce melatonin. So that's one thing. Um, if people have trouble falling asleep, it may help. It may help, okay, falling asleep, but it doesn't help you stay asleep um, unless you're taking a certain kind of melatonin, whether it's time released or um, other kinds of uh, melatonin like that. So, and we really have to see what is the reason for poor, poor quality mm-hmm. sleep, you know? Mm-hmm. If it is one of those other things like your vitamin D is low, your B6 is low, your magnesium is low, um, your mitochondrial health isn't so good, your, your, your energy drags through the day, um, you're depressed, um, you're anxious, you have um, pain conditions. All, in all those cases, melatonin is not going to work. Uh, and even for some people that melatonin works, sometimes the next day they will be still groggy, or sometimes people have these vivid dreams on melatonin. So it, it's not a match for everybody. For people that it works, it's really a godsend because it can help you just fall asleep. And then um, if they don't have any problems that will wake them up, then they can just sleep through the night. Uh, Melatonin also has other benefits. Um, It is anti-cancer in certain doses. It's also an antioxidant. 
So, so there are some benefits to taking melatonin in higher doses. But for sleep initiation, which is the main reason people have used uh, melatonin, you need just really a small dose, sometimes like one milligrams, two, three, something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes people are taking 10 or 20 milligrams for just sleep initiation, which is not really needed or healthy. Uh-huh. You know, it's not needed. Um, and then, of course, if, if people have things like... Um, uh, a structural problem in the throat or elsewhere or they have sleep apnea and other things, melatonin is not going to work. Um, so it really is really dependent on um, a deep dive into the quality of your sleep or the lack of good quality sleep to kind of see is melatonin a fit for you or not. Mm-hmm. So it's really important to do that thorough assessment with your practitioner to see, okay, um, is this likely to work for me or not? Um, there are people that don't have trouble falling asleep, um, but they have trouble staying asleep, and they have tried um, time-release melatonin. That can work in some instances, but not all. Again, it really has to be seen, like, what is the reason for the issues with sleep? Mm-hmm. And once we do that, then we can see, okay, you probably need something else and not melatonin. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you, you did quickly mention that homeopathy can be helpful. This is the last question, but can you just expand on that a little bit? Because it's not a topic that we've actually discussed a lot on the podcast. And it's one of my a, favorite yeah, things being to talk a homeopathist. about. Yeah, so, um, so what happens is, I'll just give you an example. Sometimes people will feel, you know, you've heard the phrase wired but tired. Mm-hmm. Um, that can be due to your... Um, HPA axis dysregulation, you know, your hypothalamic pituitary axis, which uh, manages your um, cortisol and your other um, hormones. If that is dysregulated, you may have that. But sometimes if you don't have that, you may have a tendency. Um, First, we have to rule out that there isn't a hormonal dysregulation. Once we rule that out, but you're still kind of a person who... um, when you are trying to fall asleep, you find that these thoughts are like rushing in. Um, you feel a little bit jittery. You feel a little bit nervous. You feel a little bit um, almost like hyper, you know, as if you've had too much coffee just as you're going off to sleep. In that instance, uh, a remedy made from coffee is called coffee cruda may help because mm-hmm. that remedy actually has a similar symptom picture. So it's, this is just an example. You know, um, there can be, there's a ton of remedies and depending on what symptoms you have, we may uh, come up with different remedies for you. So um, homeopathy is a really excellent uh, modality for helping with sleep and other issues, but definitely with sleep. Mm-hmm. Um, and there are many, many other kinds of symptoms. They may be like, okay, you feel like you have to move or you have to stick your foot out or you have to like be in a certain position or unless you can't sleep. So a lot of different things um, can give us indicators on what kind of a remedy might help mm-hmm. you. It's very, very individualized. It's super individualized. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I love that. Oh my yeah. goodness, well, I can't wait to do a whole podcast on homeopathy. That okay. will be fantastic. That would be great. I'd love that. But Dr. Simbi, thank you so much. I cannot wait for our audience to hear this. Thank you. Thank you.